you made it. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today is Mel Shapcott, who is an NFT artist and pioneer in the crypto NFT space. Mel has worked in crypto for years as a web designer, and now she consults on many of the new NFT projects. Mel is a champion for women in the arts, and her company, Invisible Lotus, is making sure that women have a voice in the evolving crypto NFT space. Oh, it looks like Mel is ready. Let's get started. I'm Mel Shapka, I'm an abstract artist and entrepreneur. And for the last several years, I have been a blockchain and crypto enthusiast. About a year ago, uh, the beginning of 2021, I produced my first NFTs from my own artwork. And that was a pretty exciting start to my uh, journey as a crypto artist. Now you can find my art on a number of different NFT marketplaces. So that includes uh, OpenSea, Foundation, Maker's Place, Known Origin. And you can also find my work on the Tezos blockchain. So I'm pretty super excited about being a crypto artist. Um, my company, Invisible Lotus, uh, works with, with entrepreneurs and artists to help them enter the NFT space. So I'm, I'm coming at this with a Web2 background. So I've been a web developer, web designer, have uh, a lot of experience with marketing and have worked um, as a project manager for many, many years. And so I'm bringing all of that with me uh, from web to uh, all the creative problem solving um, and combining that with uh, my love of crypto and my experience as a fine artist. And um, I'm bringing like a really unique perspective to this emerging industry, which so often I th I'd say is blurring the lines between tech and art. So really bring all this together and pretty excited about that. Um, and beyond that, I would also add that I've always been uh, super, super passionate about promoting women in the arts. And so it was really easy transition for me here to become passionate about promoting women in NFTs, promoting women in crypto, making sure that women are able to take advantage of NFTs and crypto, because uh, really what I see happening here with blockchain technologies and cryptocurrency, um, it's really reshaping uh, the business and financial paradigms that have been at play for like a really long time. And it's doing this across the board and sometimes even behind the scenes. And so uh, for me, uh, it's like it's, it's an opportunity for us to level the playing field, to make sure that women are getting a voice. And it's really early. So it's like not just an opportunity for me, it's an opportunity for everyone to, to become involved in this and for me personally, it feels it feels like an obligation. Like I really feel obligated to be involved in crypto and in blockchain, and then to also um, whether it's somebody like I'm um, meeting in person, somebody I've met for the first time, somebody that I've met online, um, or presenting here to you um, to this group is that um, making sure that women are able to take advantage of these technologies. Well, Mel, first, let me tell you congratulations on your successes as an NFT creator and for your, your, your recent launches as well. Uh, and thank you also for joining us here on the uh, Java and J podcast. We, we definitely appreciate you being here. And, and you're correct. When I read up about you, I definitely see you as an innovator and someone who's 
pushing the 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 limits of, of what we expect from blockchain technology and, and from from nfts it's great to have you on the show to share some of your experiences and and share some of your story with the audience it's definitely a fascinating and inspiring story and one of the first things that i actually want to touch on is some of your experiences as an artist. So I read somewhere that you recently raised $10,000 to fund your artwork. And I'm wondering, you know, based on your experiences as, as an artist, what, what was that like, being able to raise that much money? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, my first response is it was super intense. <laughs> it was a super intense process. Um, it was also uh, super exhilarating. Um, it was really a sense of accomplishment. It was the first time mm -hmm. I had been able to really um, advance myself, promote myself as an artist. And uh, so, yeah, it was super exciting. But I will say there was a lot to learn. Um, and with mm -hmm. that, uh, I think, one of the biggest pieces was just being visible and to a public audience, um, you know, on a daily basis. So I was coming at this, like I said, from a background, you know, project manager, marketing, web development, web design. And I was always doing my artwork kind of on the nights and weekends. And so this was like my first real opportunity to, to be the talent. And, um, it was actually a lot harder <laughs> than what it looked like. <laughs> so uh, I, I learned that, um, the stress of that. I think I've really um, developed like a little bit more of a, a thick skin uh, now, which is really good. So like that was really good entry uh, and prep for me to be able to move into NFTs because um, like one of the things that like that was like really noticeable for me that happened during that time was uh, social media used to be a place where you go and you meet with your friends, you talk to your family and um, mm -hmm. it's not, that it was no longer the case. So social media is where uh, you show up for business. And this is, you know, during that campaign to run, raise the money, I started showing up every day, social media for business. And, hmm. you know, it was a really great um, preparation for becoming an NFT artist, because while you might have uh, an audience somewhere else, I would say that most NFT artists are using social media as their primary place to connect with their audience. So um, so yeah, it was exciting. I learned a lot. And, uh, and I, I would say, I think the other piece that I learned that was really, really important, um, was about building a team. So, uh, yeah. I came to this project, like I said, um, I have all these different skills thinking, oh, I don't, you know, need to big, build a big team. I just had a few people that were close to me working on my team with me. And mm -hmm. like I said, I did not expect the stressors of being visible and it made it hard to do the work. Uh, it made it hard to do all of the other bits and, bits and pieces aside from, you know, being the talent, being the artist and kind of carrying that vision forward. So I think that um, that learning point was just huge for me. And it's also playing into what I'm doing with NFTs now because um, I would like, I have another project that I'm ready to launch and, uh, it, okay. you know, it's probably, um, you know, my goals are even bigger than, but then this other, than my first project. So, um, but I am not launching it without a team. And so I've been uh, in the process of trying to build that team. And it, just, it would be interesting to point out here that it's kind of difficult to find people to work on NFT projects right now because there's so many projects, there's so many people that are interested uh, in producing um, from the yeah. creator side, and there's not as many people, you know, on the development side that are available to back that up. And um, and the ones that are available, you know, they're in high demand, um, they're charging mm -hmm. top dollar because of that. And so 
um, I'll just take this opportunity to say, if you're thinking about NFTs or thinking about becoming involved um, in the blockchain, there's so many yeah. opportunities for every industry and um, even, you know, whatever soft skills you have are going to translate. And so there's oppor uh, absolutely opportunity and openings. And um, yeah, so that was that's my takeaway from the, the, the first project. It was uh, really awesome to raise the money. And I would say yeah. equally so, it was like a super huge learning experience, which absolutely prepared me for you know what I'm doing now with NFTs. That's a great story. And yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. The, the space is booming and there are lots of opportunities, uh, both on, on the creator side, but especially on, on the developer side. Um, and we, we, we see sort of the job postings all the time. And, you know, you hear about the stories of developers and creators coming together for, for, for various projects. And it, it just seems like the space is growing. There's lots of opportunities for everyone. So I'm 100% I'm with that. Uh, one of the things that definitely stood out to me about your career, you mentioned it just now in, in your response, is that unlike a lot of other creators who are coming into the space and learning about blockchain and crypto and, and all those tech aspects for the very first time, you've actually been involved in the crypto space for, for quite some time. Uh, I think you started out uh, as a developer on, on the, maybe on, on the, the web design yeah, side. Web, yeah, web design, web development, yes. Yeah, so, so basically helping uh, to design crypto projects. And, and now you actually create your own NFT, uh, NFT projects and, and consult on a few other crypto projects. I'm wondering, how have you... How was it that, that you were able to, to navigate this really fast moving and, and evolving industry? Yeah, that's a good question. So going back to that first project um, with the web design and development for a blockchain company, um, that's where I like to start, start this, mm -hmm. this story uh, because I had already known about blockchain and heard a little bit from friends. And so I had like an understanding and I thought I knew what it was. And then I went to, um, to do this project, to build this website. And in order to do that, you're pulling together like visual images, like, you know, figuring out what parts of the text is really important and needs to be emphasized. Mm -hmm. And, and so in doing this, I really realized that I didn't know anything <laughs> about blockchain <laughs> and I had needed an education. And so this was in 2017. So of course I do what I usually do. I Google it and like yeah. nothing comes up. And, um, mm -hmm. and so like I'm in, in stock photos, I stock and I'm looking for, you know, blockchain stock photography. And again, it's like, mm -hmm. There's nothing there. This is even before there was like Bitcoin stock photos. Like they just, they weren't there. And wow, um, yeah. so, yeah, so it was kind of like back then just really uh, truly like curiosity and like this kind of this mysterious thing that like I understood what it was, but um, getting more information about it was harder than what it seemed. Um, so I did, I just anywhere anybody talked about it or anytime I was like yep that I'm there let me hear about what you have to say so um, in about 2018 I, I found myself at this uh, crypto investing party and it was just it was all sorts of people that were there and I met like entrepreneurs from like every different industry and they all actually had like plans like drafted out white papers stacks um, 
you know, saying like how they were planning to disrupt their industry. And I was just like mm -hmm. absolutely blown away that all that this was happening, you know, and you couldn't even find out about it online. Like you can still Google it and you're still not getting this kind of information. So it really came to like talking to people individually. And like at that event, it was really about um, like sharing ideas. Like there's just this, um, there's this sense of innovation where people are like, well, let me tell you what I'm working on. And like, what do you think about that? And like, this is a problem we're having and how can we solve that? And so it's been like a real, um, it's been really inspiring for me to participate. And so, you know, that just really kind of got my, my mind going on it and, um, you know, just needing to continue to chase the information. So I would say now, uh, probably the beginning of 2021, the news really started to pick up and more information became available. But even then there was, a, when I started my first NFTs, there wasn't a lot of information about, uh, even the different marketplaces and how to get on them. Like you might find like mm -hmm. a little YouTube snippet here or there and be like, huh, wonder what that meant. <laughs> it was still really, really confusing. Um, so yeah. yeah, but since that time, I just, you know, I would say the beginning of 2021, I really just started reading the news every single day. I, uh, I follow the daily hodl. That's just a great snippet that I can read every morning. It's like four articles that are really short and just kind of give me an overview of what's happening with the crypto markets. Um, right. You know, and now I participate like every Saturday. Um, there's a uh, I get together on like a, a chat on Twitter with with different panelists from crypto and NFT. And it's really uh, and we're there to answer questions. It's a Q&A. We're there to answer questions for the for the audience, but, um, and I'm usually there talking about NFTs, but like I've been exposed to like so many different ideas that the other panelists have brought because, uh, you know, we're just coming from all different areas. So like gaming and NFTs, I never would have gone looking for that information and digital mm -hmm. and digital fashion. I never would have like Googled that. And, um, you know, metaverse tokens talking about, you know, uh, you know, Decentraland and sand, but also like looking yeah. forward to like, you know, file storage. And so all of these are just ideas that are coming from conversations with people. And I would say, you know, this Saturday event, it's really, um, it's really a gathering of, of NFT and crypto thought leaders that are coming together for like this weekly think tank where we just innovate and, you know, support each other's projects and, you know, learn about what everybody's into. And so I would say um, those are, you know, big pieces, but like, that's certainly not it. It's like, I'm <laughs> like thinking about, it's like, I'm on Twitter, do a daily dose of Twitter. That's a great place to connect with the, the crypto art community. Um, mm -hmm. I'm doing, you know, daily dose of LinkedIn now. And I found that yeah. it's like a really great place to get like the most relevant kind of current NFT news. Cause I follow the news, but there's the NF, oh, sorry, the LinkedIn community of NFT folks. It's like they're really bringing like the the, the most important and prominent and uh, relevant news and just putting it right there, all in one place. So yeah, yeah, I was been really turned on by by that. Um, I'm also in a few mm -hmm. discords, and you can certainly like join other places like Reddit or Telegram. But I mostly, like I said, stick with LinkedIn, Twitter, the Daily Hodl. Um, yeah, 
I even sign up for newsletters from different artists and curators. So just really any information I can get my hands on. And uh, I would say, yeah, you can read, uh, you know, traditional news outlets, but you're not going to get the same level of relevant information um, in terms of like what's trending and what's, you know, what's up, up and coming next. Like that's really coming from conversations and dialogue that's happening within the community. Yeah. Uh, so the the daily hurdle is that the name? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so so the word hodl, um, if you're unfamiliar with oh, it. Oh, hodl. Okay. Like, yeah, the daily yeah. hodl. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for anyone in the audience, it uh, you know the word hodl is actually a crypto terminology for hold. So you're holding your crypto bags and not letting go of them. But it was mm-hmm. misspelled early on as hodl, yeah. and so now we have the daily hodl. So. Yeah. H O D L. Uh, some people take the acronym as "Hold On for Dear Life." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so really early in, in in the crypto movement, I think yeah, yeah, like you were saying, it was misspelled. I don't know if it was on Twitter, or maybe in a, like a, a Reddit room, and the community just sort of held yeah. on to that. Yeah. And and I, I agree with you too. So LinkedIn, I think, has become an amazing filter for for NFT news. Uh, so a lot of crypto and and, and NFT stuff lives on Twitter. But there's so much communication that's happening. Just everyone has a sort of an opinion on it. And you don't necessarily get to break through to the facts, like past the opinion and, and what actually happened today, who's uh, who's working together, what, what, what projects are rising to the top. And I think a lot of that gets filtered out in LinkedIn just because LinkedIn isn't necessarily a place where you go back and forth with, with you know, talk, opinions in in that sort of way people more try to share positive information about what's happening in in their particular space so there's a lot of filtering that happens there that linkedin is actually how how we connected uh and and the space is definitely growing but i think for what you're saying from from your answer or what what i got from your responses uh there's a lot of stuff happening around the community and we're, we're definitely building out a special type of community w- within the NFT space. Um, y- and you know, in, in my opinion, really the, the strength of the NFT and, and crypto space is its community, is, are the people who come together, like you were saying, in those Twitter spaces and in, in Discord and, and the sharing information, really allowing other people to sort of build upon their ideas. So we're not just keeping it to ourselves and siloed and, and you know, building in in secret, there are like a whole lot of like. I, well, I haven't come across a ton of stealth NFT projects. You you have to sort of build in the public eye, and you know this because community is really important. You you need a community to rally behind you in order to make your your NFT project a success. And I know you spoke you've spoken about community before. I know it's just something that's important to you, but for our listeners who are maybe new to the NFT space, new to the crypto space, can you touch on a bit of why community is important and and uh, just, at least from, from your perspective? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I would echo what you're saying. I would, I would say that the whole NFT community is really being born or the whole NFT movement is really being born out of community because um, without community, you know, it's really not happening. What I see happening is um, a whole new economy is kind of being created out of this. Hmm. And, um, you know, because it wasn't there before. We weren't 
exchanging NFTs a few years ago. And so this is a whole new economy that's being created and born out of community. And that's happening because people are showing up every day to transact with one another across the blockchain. And that's actually, like I said, building this, this new economy. And that's not just being done by like one person. That's being done by mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, that's artists that are showing up. That's collectors. That's uh, influencers, developers, um, just, you know, general enthusiasts and analysts, like from all over the place. Everyone is showing up every day and transacting across the blockchain to exchange peer to peer, whatever they're exchanging, you know, NFTs of any type. And that's, you know, that's what is creating this whole movement. And so there really isn't an NFT movement without, uh, without community, um, in my opinion. And so, um, yeah. And so like on top of it, like you're also getting like a sense of camaraderie, like we're in it together. We're pioneers, Mm -hmm. like in this new industry, um, you know, and then I've been in other communities before, and I would have to say that I have met more people um, that are interested in uh, just generally, genuinely being kind to one another and lifting one another up that are in this space. And obviously, you know, you've got all sorts of people, but I've just been blown away with the amount of support, like personally, that I've been able to receive, like on a friend level from the NFT community. So it's, it's fun. It's a place of camaraderie. It's a place of support. And then it's also you know, really allowing us to innovate together and create something new. And then the other thing that comes to my mind is like all of this together, like, like the NFT community has like gathered like this sense of power. And so even like Mm -hmm. most recently, um, if you are following the news, like uh, OpenSea, which is um, the most popular NFT marketplace on Ethereum, like they recently, um, uh, hired a new CEO and there was a rumor that there was going to be an IPO and the NFT community was like, no way, no way. <laughs> They're like, we're expecting a token drop, um, you know, like other companies have done, like ENS dropped a token. So there's like a precedence for, for this. And the OpenSea community was fully expecting that to happen. And when there was this rumor of an IPO, they were just like, no way. We're like, we will pull out so fast. And then next yeah. thing you know, OpenSea started backing up and saying, oh, no, we never we never said that. So, um, you know, there is an amount of power that the people have amassed by becoming part of this community. And I think they're, they're recognizing that this power can be used, um, like I said, to, to support women in the arts, to support marginalized communities, to support, you know, what we see as fair or moral or right. Um, and to support working artists who, you know, in the past have been underappreciated. So I, the community is really coming together. And it's not like there's a central authority like leading this. So this is individual people, like I said, showing up every day just to to have a voice. And they do that by transacting um, across the blockchain. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, it It's amazing how our voices can be amplified together when, when, when we, we, we come across common goals. Uh, and I, I think it's amazing what you, you see being done in, in the crypto NFT space. It's definitely a very inclusive space, like you were saying. Uh, I felt welcome at, at, as a newbie and, uh, you know, felt that people respected my questions and, and were willing to help. And the, the kindness that, that, that I've received is definitely unmatched. 
Um, and I, I'm curious of the connection between crypto and and what what we're seeing with uh, women led causes. And maybe can you give us uh, just from your experience, give, give us a bit of insight into sort of what, what what's happening with these women led projects in 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 the NFT space. Hmm. Um, well, I think like off the like what comes to mind like off the top top of my mind is I'm familiar with a women led marketplace that's being launched in the the coming year or in in 2022. So yeah. uh, Crypto Queens Marketplace is going to be a new women led marketplace, and they're actually um, they're actually doing something really interesting. So. 80% of the artists that are featured on their site will identify as women and the other 20% that are accepted onto the marketplace can identify as any gender. So uh, there's, you know, that's one, one way that I see women, uh, women led projects happening in the space. Um, and, you know, you have a lot of support just in Twitter and on social media and in, uh, within the community, just uplifting women's voices and women's projects saying like, hey, look at this. So there's just there's been like an awareness that's that's come about. And people say, hey, mm -hmm. you know, this isn't this isn't, uh, you know, equal like there's there's like not a lot of women participating here. Like, what can we do to, yeah. to change that? And I don't know that all of the answers or solutions to that have come forward yet. But I would say like right now we're in a period of awareness where people are at least talking mm -hmm. about it. And, um, you know, and for myself, like I'm inspired, like I said, to make sure that women have the opportunity to enter the space uh, and to remove those barriers. And mm -hmm. yeah, so I think, I think there's just basically right now an awareness around it that's allowing people to, to give thought and to create solutions like crypto queens. And uh, my understanding is, is that um, projects like these can be moved forward by approaching the various DAOs at the various cryptocurrencies. Now, I haven't done this, but uh, my understanding is if you come, come with a project, it's likely that you will get funded, uh, you know, just as a way to uh, answer to that awareness of like, okay, how can we establish more equality within the space? Yeah, I, I think we're, we've recognized the mistakes of the previous tech generation uh, of, of Web 2.0 and the, the lack of, of women and other minority groups in that space, uh, especially in the executive seats. Um, and there's a lot of conversation around correcting that with Web 3.0, with NFTs, with, with crypto. And the community is, is super open to it. Yeah, and I've, I've heard some of that, that chatter around um you know DAOs and then these types of crypto funds being really open to to taking these minority groups and, and the, these um minority projects and, and pushing them as far as they can go so lots of opportunity there for, for women and minorities but you know one of the main reasons i really wanted to have you on the show and i think that this is a bit connected with your work as well is your experience with uh helping artists uh to sort of get onboarded onto the blockchain and get get in a position so that they can participate in crypto and, and in nfts and for for our audience who are new to the space i'm wondering if you can walk us through some of the onboarding process that you you usually go through with your clients 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, this this is actually what I love to do, and I especially um, especially if I you know encounter a woman who's like, uh, oh, I really want to be in crypto, and I just don't know how. Recently, I met someone. She's like, my son asked me for you know what he wanted for Christmas, cryptocurrency, and she says I just didn't know how to get it for him. And I said, well, guess what? <laughs> I can tell you how to do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, so the first thing that I always, where I like to start is with MetaMask. So that's a wallet that you can use to transact um, either to buy or to create art um, or to visit a metaverse, whatever it is that you need to do. So that's where I like to start um, and just walk walk someone through setting up your MetaMask. So there are other options, but like this is the most popular one. And um, the important, there's like important things to share, like in terms of like uh, security. So when you're setting up your MetaMask, basically it's a Chrome browser extension. So you'll just install that on your browser. And during that process, you'll be asked to set up a password and you will be given a set of 12 words, which is called a seed phrase. And um, and so the seed phrase, it's important to note, if you lose that, you will lose access to your MetaMask and your crypto. And then it's also important to note, if you write it on your computer, uh, that could open you up to hackers and scammers to get your information. So like, mm-hmm. this seems like really easy to set up the MetaMask, but like the biggest thing is, you know, you write those seed phrases down with a pen and paper, you write it down probably three times, and then you hide a couple of those pieces of paper in your house. And then one of them you put in your safe deposit box. It's like some people are just like, no way, this isn't for me, <laughs> like right there. But uh, yeah. I'm like, really, it's not that hard. You know, we're, we're like still early on. A lot of things are still, you know, feel like we're in beta mode. Um, and this is just one of them. So, you know, you're in charge of your own seed phrase and, you know, but you also can't mm-hmm. have it on your computer. And then, you know, moving on from there, you need to figure out how to to fund your wallet so that you can transact. And so uh, the most friendly, uh, you know, easygoing exchange is Coinbase. So then directing people over to Coinbase and helping them get set up there and link with their their bank accounts. And and then from there, um, you know, you fund your exchange and then you're wanting to send your cryptocurrency from your exchange over to your MetaMask so that you can transact with it. So we talk about, um, you know, where you find your wallet address in MetaMask and Mm -hmm. then you use that to send the money, you know, from your exchange or the crypto from the exchange to to your wallet. And from there, um, you're ready to, to start. Like you can start minting your artwork, you can start collecting, you can go to Decentraland and the metaverse and, you know, put your outfit on and run around in your avatar. So those are really like the main keys. Um, And I would say, you know, if you do have a friend that wants to seed your account and just send you some crypto, you you don't necessarily need the exchange. So some people um, are able to uh, hook up with somebody who's willing to help them get started, particularly artists. Uh, A lot of times there's somebody that will seed your account with some crypto. Um, But once you have these tools, uh, you're pretty much, you're pretty much ready to go. So then the next thing we come to is um, when you go to transact, you're, if you're on the Ethereum marketplace, you're going to quickly encounter gas. And most people at that point are like, gas? <laughs> What's that? And so, yeah. you know, on the Ethereum marketplace, you need to uh, spend some gas in order for your transactions to go through. So it's a fee uh, that's assessed by the blockchain um, to trans- to transact. Um, mm-hmm. And so 
from there, we can talk about like the different blockchains. Like if you want to stick with the Ethereum blockchain or you want to go to the Tezos blockchain or where you want to go um, from there. But then the next main step for an artist would be to set up your profile. And that goes back to like my Web2 experience with marketing. And um, so how are you going to present yourself? Uh, what are the best ways to uh, approach this like from an NFT space? And and then we could talk about different strategies for minting because there's just not one way to do things in the blockchain. And so um, I've been through like all of these different trials and errors myself <laughs> of, uh, you know, early on, I didn't even start with MetaMask. I thought I was being smart and I started with a, a different wallet and that was a disaster. And so, you know, I've just, <laughs> I've done a bunch of things and then you learn about scams and hacks and then you realize, well, mm -hmm. There's such a thing as a hardware wallet, and that is a more secure way to store your crypto. So there's just so many different details to kind of uh, think about and figure out how how you're going to navigate the space. But like I said, the MetaMask, the Coinbase are basic the basic starting places. And from there, setting up your profiles, talking about how you're going to mint your work. And then we can have conversations about like rarity. Or scarcity. So that's kind of a buzz phrase within the NFT world. Um, and there's a lot of opinions about that, like, oh, yeah, rarity, scarcity, that makes your artwork more valuable. And then you've got this other side saying, well, that's just a limitation that, you know, is a holdover from the traditional art markets. And so, like I'm saying, there's just not one way to do things like artists. There's yeah. so many different approaches as an artist. Like you could be on Ethereum, you know, you could be on Tezos. There's other blockchains. Like you, So there's just a lot of choices for an artist to make. And there's more information now like available, like Googling um, than when I first got started. But it still really helps to have somebody be like, oh, yeah, I've done that. Like this is yeah. this is what you can expect. You know, oh, I've tried that out and that did not work, you know, so mm -hmm. and I think, you know, whether you're talking to me or anybody else in the NFT community, they're going to have that conversation with you and say this worked, this didn't work, but you're going to have to do your own research and, and try it yourself. Um, now, if you're a, a client that uh, is not working like on an art project and, you know, an entrepreneur that has like a different idea or maybe doesn't know how to get into the NFT space, um, that I love working with those people too, because it's all about, well, what is your product or what is your service? Like, do you have an audience yet? And then it's like, well, how can we bring that or how can we utilize NFTs to, you know, bring your product or your service to a Web3 audience? And, um, and so I would just say like about that, it's like this, this is like a rapidly shifting marketplace. And so what you think today might be popular in a few days is like going to be old news. And so the biggest piece of this when um, consulting with entrepreneurs who are, you know, moving into the space is like, okay, well, we're not thinking about what's happening today or yesterday. We're thinking about what's, what's going to be happening next month or next year and really having to plan for that. So that means, you know, being open to and accepting of like visionary ideas and moving towards those, even if, you know, in the moment it might not make a hundred percent sense, but like, okay, this is the future. I see it. And we need to architect and move towards that um, instead yeah. of really being stuck in the moment. So it's, for me, it's, it's really exciting all of the different aspects and angles. 
yeah, we're seeing some amazing stuff with NFTs uh, outside of ad. So I, I always call back to the uh, European uh, Premier League, the, the European Football League or soccer, soccer League if, if you're in North America. So they've been using tokens, uh, selling tokens to fans and lo- allowing fans to vote on on team specific issues like the the, the songs that, that 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 the team comes out to or the songs that play in the stadium during the game or the, the colors of the uniform that, that, that the team wears and it just allows fans to participate with the the, the team at, at a much higher level than they were when they were just sort of buying tickets and showing up to games um and and the, the, there were some other points that, that you made too that that maybe I, I want to summarize and just make sure, sure that, that I get correctly. So, uh, from from the artist perspective, when when you're getting set up with NFTs, I think you said the first thing that you do is get a MetaMask, and with with MetaMask, the important thing is getting those that that seed phrase, so those those twelve words, and making sure that you, you keep track of that and. Uh, I know that, yeah, you, you mentioned that it's it's kind of difficult. You have to write it down in a couple of places, keep them in secure places uh, just so that you, you don't use it. It's sort of like your key to being able to access this account at all times so that it doesn't get stolen from you. Uh, but you, yeah, so it sort of seems beta. It seems a little difficult, but it's only because we're so early in the whole crypto NFT space that this is just the initial idea that we came up with for how we keep track of the of the ownership of these masks and uh or i think uh, the ownership of these wallets and i think over time this will evolve in, into something that's that's a bit more simpler uh for, for the average end user to to accomplish then the second thing is getting set up with an exchange and the reason for the exchange is you need an actual place to buy that crypto so coinbase is is the example there are many others so um binance and um Kraken and a few others, and, and they're, they're, they're much smaller ones. And I, I live here in Canada, uh, so there are a few that uh, are specific to us. Um, but basically, you get onto one of these exchanges, you buy some crypto, your first Bitcoin or Ethereum or Solana or Tezos, whatever it is, you, you get that crypto, and then you immediately move it into your MetaMask wallet. So from Coinbase, it goes to MetaMask. And when it's in MetaMask at that point, you then now have the ability to transact on the blockchain and do sort of these things like create your NFTs, mint your NFTs, buy NFTs, trade and transact on on, on the blockchain, connect um, with different crypto projects like getting into the metaverse, getting into Decentraland and Spatial and so forth. Is that correct? Yeah. Those three steps. Yeah. And I would add that, you know, um, setting up your profile on your marketplaces, like that's a transacting okay. as well. So you need your MetaMask even just to get established. Ah, okay. So you need a MetaMask before you can even get into OpenSea. Uh, I think you can, you can surf on there. Um, you can surf. Yeah. yeah but if you want to actually buy something or, or put your art up or say, you know, here's my profile, you need, uh, mm-hmm. and that's like one of the biggest um, learning points that I had with that is your artwork is tied to your MetaMask. Mm-hmm. So if you decide if your MetaMask gets hacked or if you decide you need to move to a different wallet, you, you know, your portfolio is not going to move with you. So it's really important yeah. to like know that ahead of time as an artist 
and consider consider to make sure you're using the right wallet because like I said I I didn't do that <laughs> so I thought that was like a, a really hard learning point for me so yeah and I think that that's important for a lot of creators to understand as well so when when you doing all this stuff on, on the blockchain, you're actually transacting with real value. There are actual dollars and cents that are attached to these tokens and to these coins. And so it's important that you take the safety precautions, that you understand what's going to happen with these tokens in the future. Is is this a, um, a blockchain that you really trust and you think you're going to stay with for, for long term? Or is it something that has just short-term value? Do you have a proper exit plan sort of, you know, already uh, exit strategy already planned out. These are important aspects to consider as creators, right? And, and yes, and also the gas, because uh, right now yes. there's really high gas on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, but like you pointed out, you could go to a different blockchain, but I, you know, might not feel as secure about the stability mm -hmm. of the coin. So I personally stick with Ethereum. I've been on some other blockchains, but I like Ethereum yeah. um, because it feels secure. There's a lot, a lot of people using it, but you have to pay high gas fees. So you mm -hmm. can kind of assess and figure out where you feel like you belong based on the, the different uh, scenarios. And gas fees are sort of these... Um these automatic fees that are charged for each transaction. And so I guess the, the way that blockchain works, it's almost like peer-to-peer -peer where there, there are certain people who are uh, ensuring that these transactions have taken place properly and yes. they they sort of get a fee for doing that work on, on your behalf. Is yes, that yes. And those are the miners. So your, miners. Your, your gas will go to pay the miners who validate the transactions so that you can do peer-to-peer -peer, uh, transactions with trust. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Is there anything else that, that, that we're missing from the, the, this entire process or is that like mm -hmm. a good overview? Yeah, like I said, I think the last piece is like setting up your profile and yeah, making mm -hmm. sure that uh, you're, you're good to go. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, okay. Yeah, I would also, I think I'll just say one more thing is the, the hardware yeah. wallet. So you can consider that too. So like if mm -hmm. you're looking into um, really being more secure with your crypto um, off the bat, you can consider a hardware wallet. Again, that's not something I knew about or started out with. So you certainly don't need it to get started. But um, if you do want to take a more secure approach, start by looking into a ledger or a Trezor. Um, and those are hardware wallets, which are different from your MetaMask, so it can start to get a little complicated, but um, yeah. yeah, for sure, <laughs> keep the security in yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you, you sort of have to eventually become comfortable with, with that there, there's some level of complexity, and uh, and, and so that, that, that's sort of because, like we were saying, we're, we're very early stages, um, and there are positives and drawbacks to, to being involved in a space when when it it's it's this young, absolutely. Uh, so, so yeah. So you 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 have to sort of be a bit thick skinned, like you were yeah. saying. So going through that that first experience for you definitely helped. Yeah. And now you you're sort of here as a leader and a guide to to bring other people through the process as well. Yeah. No, I I love doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it's necessary for all of us to you know what, once you've you've gotten through, you sort of reach back and and help the other person out and, and bring bring them forward as well. That's really what the community is about, NFT and crypto community is about, sharing and, and helping each other and just being kind to each other in, in this space. I think, but you know, so we, 
before we, we, we wrap up, I just have one more question. Sure. Uh, and this is really for the digital creators in the space and the audience. Uh, a lot of us are sort of looking for those opportunities. We've, we've heard about NFTs and we, we've done some of the research and we see what what's going on, um, but maybe without having all of the, the history and the experiences that, that, that you have, it looks like a really daunting task to some of us. And I'm hoping you can help to possibly point us in the right direction. Where do you think the opportunities in the NFT space are? And how can we as digital creators position ourselves to take advantage? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the parts of this is there's just so many opportunities. It's can be completely overwhelming. And I know for myself coming into the space, I was just like, wow, you can do 3D art, you can do glitch art, you can do animation, you can do, you know, traditional paintings. It was like you could do like you can do digital fashion. It's like you can get into gaming. It's like there's opportunities like everywhere. And so um like there's part of it of like just, you know, scoping that out and like honing in on like what do you want to focus on? Because if you try and do everything, like that's that's not gonna work. (laughs) So um taking taking some time to you know, I think get established in the space. So like if I were, were going to give advice, it would be to get established in the space, do some of the basics, like, you know, get your MetaMax set up, visit the metaverse, visit crypto voxels, Decentraland, sand, the sandbox, and, you know, kind of get a feel for these different places, visit the different marketplaces that are on different blockchains, get a feel for these. So just kind of acquaint yourself and get established. Um, yeah. And then, for any for any creator like audience is key so before you even roll out a project like i think establishing an audience um is like the first place like that i would start and so Mm -hmm. you know like we said community the nft community is a great place to start establishing an audience they're super friendly and um, they'll help you get established and um and then if you already have an audience, uh, you know, if you're already a creator that already has an audience, um, starting to introduce them to these Web3 concepts, like introduce them to cryptocurrency, introduce them to NFTs and see what they have to say. But um, basically, you know, get established with the basics of cryptocurrency, the basics of transacting on the blockchain. Uh, scope out the scene, you know, see where you feel like you fit or what interests you, you know, where you want to, you know, make your your niche um, and where you want to put your energy. Because once once you get started, there could be like a period of discovery where all of a sudden like your artwork is selling, you need to create more, like you're marketing, you're promoting. And, you know, it really helps to kind of have like the basics established, even down to like for me, like I started Invisible Lotus to manage my accounting. So like, how are you going to account for your cryptocurrency? How are you going to pay your taxes? And, you know, I think it's better to kind of think about some of those things up front and give yourself like a solid foundation and a a solid get solidly established, like in the community. And once you've Mm -hmm. done those things, like it's really, there's just so many opportunities. Um, Every, every industry can absolutely be disrupted by NFTs. So it doesn't matter, you know, where your interest lies or um, you know, what your exact type of art is. Uh, I think establishing that foundation and then just springboarding from there. Yeah. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Lots of opportunities there. And, and it's about really just establishing a foundation. It's about 
figuring out where you can start and then just sort of doing a, a quick surveil of the landscape and, and, and then sort of diving in and being a bit more niche in, into the, the space that, that that's really yours and doing your best to own that space through community, through social media, through, you know, having conversations in, in the NFT space. But Mel, I'm, I'm really appreciative of the time that you spent with us and the 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 information that that that, that you shared. I know it's been really impactful for a lot of people who are still struggling to to sort of grasp onto to, to that NFT concept. And we, we have tons of um, artists and digital creators, digital entrepreneurs who are in the audience who are listening right now. I'm sure many of them would like to continue this conversation with you and possibly hopefully even take you up for some of your services through Invisible Lotus. Uh, how can people connect with you online and also connect with your company? Absolutely. Um, I would say the best way to get in touch with me, if you're on Twitter, just send me a DM. If you're on LinkedIn, the same way, send me a message. Um, you can visit my web link page, which is melshapcott.art. Um, and both on Twitter and LinkedIn, you can find me by my name, Mel Shapcott. And yeah, and if there are any artists out there, uh, women artists that want to apply with a portfolio to work with me, I do offer scholarships to women in the arts. Oh, that's, that's incredible. So, so you have it there. Um, anyone in the audience, any women in the audience who, who want to reach out to Mel, please, please, please take, take this opportunity yeah. to, to do so. Uh, Mel, thank you very much for, for being here. We'll definitely leave links to all the contact information that you just shared in the episode description. So if you're listening now, just hop into the episode description and, and you can contact Mel. You can find the links to contact Mel right there. Th Mel, thank you again. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you and you sharing the journey here with us. We wish you all the best and success with your NFT projects and with, with Invisible Lotus. Hope we can get you back to update us on some more on, on the community as it continues to grow. Thanks so much, Jay. I would absolutely love to talk with you more. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you.